If you have your Bibles, I want to open to Psalms 23. We're going to continue there today. They can make you or they can break you. They can put scars on your soul or stars in your heart. A bad one can ruin a life, but a good one can redeem a life. You'll frequently rejoice over the good ones and forever regret the bad ones. You know what I'm talking about. Decisions. 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 They can make you bad, glad, or sad. I read about a man. He had placed some flowers on the grave of his dearly departed mother. He was going back to his car and he saw another man kneeling at a grave nearby. And the man seemed to be praying with profound intensity. He kept saying things like, Why? Why did you have to die? Why couldn't you have lived? I'd give anything if I could bring you back. How could you have left me in such a predicament? Well, the first man walked over to him with sympathy and he said, Sir, sir, I don't wish to interfere with your private grief, but this demonstration of pain is more than I've ever seen before. Who are you mourning for so deeply? Is, is it your child? He said, No. He said, Well, is it a parent or a spouse? He said, no. He said, well, who is it? He said, it's my wife's first husband. (laughs) See, it wasn't the death of the first husband that caused the man this problem. It was the decision to become the second husband that nailed him to the wall. (laughs) We all have those decisions in life that we face. In fact, you are here today because you made the decision to get up and, and come join us in worship. Real life is really just one decision after another. And in our verse today, King David shares some wonderful truths with us. He shares with us that that God will love us enough to correct us when we make the wrong decisions. And he will lead us to make the right decisions. And you never have to worry about going God's way because it is always the right way. And, And there are some of you here that that maybe you've gotten off on the wrong road. But there's hope. And there's some of you that are at a crossroads and you don't know which road to take and, and there is help. Because learning these truths will help take care of both the past and the future. First truth is, when we fall, God lifts us to the place of restoration. Psalms 23.3, the first part. He restores my soul. Literally, that verse says, He brings me back. So what does that mean? Again, we're talking about this relationship of a a sheep to a shepherd. right? And there are two dangers that sheep face and two dangers that only the shepherd can handle when it comes to sheep. The first danger is the sheep will become a cast sheep. Psalms 42.11, the psalmist cries out, Why are you cast down, O my soul? See, a Palestinian, even today, would understand the analogy that is given here. David's referring to a cast sheep, a sheep that is cast down. This is an old English shepherd's term for sheep that is he's turned on his back and he can't get himself up again. One of the saddest sights you'll ever see is a cast sheep lying on their back, feet straight up in the air, struggling frantically to stand up, but hopeless. 
See, this is a position that sheep get themselves into but cannot get themselves out of. Sheep are built in such a way that if they fall on their side and then over onto their back and their legs stick straight up in the air, they can't get themselves up on their feet again. And it's at that point they become frightened and they begin to kick and flail and bleat and cry out. They're scared because they know they're open to attack. Buzzards and vultures and dogs and coyotes all know that a cash sheep is easy prey. It's just lying there waiting to be killed. As that sheep lies on its back struggling, gases will begin to collect in their stomach. As those gases expand, they harden in the stomach, cutting off the airway. If it's hot, they can suffocate in a matter of hours. If the weather's cool or cloudy, they can survive in that agonizing position for days, struggling to breathe. Beyond that, blood circulation to the legs get cut off and the legs go numb. And there's not one thing they can do about this predicament. They need a shepherd to restore their soul. And when a shepherd restores a cast-down sheep, he doesn't do it immediately. It takes time to restore the sheep. First, he has to begin to massage the legs and get circulation back in the legs. Then he'll roll the sheep over on its side to relieve the pressure of the gas in his stomach. He begins to talk to the sheep in reassuring tones to lower the fear factor. Then he gently puts his hand on the sheep's belly and lifts it up because it can't stand up on its own. Its feet are too wobbly. And he'll hold the sheep until blood begins to flow in the legs and it gets stability. And, and then finally the sheep can walk on its own and rejoice and rejoin the fold. This is such a tremendous picture of what God is willing to do for us. If you've ever had your soul cast down, if you've ever been knocked flat on your back spiritually and you're struggling to get up, God has promised that he will come and restore you. He will restore your confidence and your peace and your strength and your joy. Psalms 51, David wrote about how his soul was cast down. He said this, Restore to me the joy of your salvation. I mean, maybe today you're cast down by guilt. If that's true, our good shepherd has a word. 1 John 1.9 If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Or maybe your soul is cast down by grief. If that's so, the good shepherd in 2 Corinthians 12.9 says, My grace is sufficient for you. For my strength is made perfect in weakness. See, whether you are broken by guilt or burdened by grief, God will restore you. But there's another danger for sheep. And that's the danger of becoming a lost sheep. See, a lot of times sheep will begin to nibble on, on the grain or the grass and, and they're not looking up. They don't watch where they're going. They just walk and eat and walk and eat. And it doesn't take long until they've wandered off into a field satisfying their hunger and they're lost. But what's worse is sheep can't find their way home. I mean, dogs and pigeons and horses, they have these homing instincts. They can find their way home. Cows make it back to the barn, horses back to the stable. But, but sheep, sheep can't find their way back to the flock. Sheep aren't strong like lions or swift like antelopes or smart like dogs. 
I mean, honestly, the number one characteristic of a sheep is they're just dumb. And once a sheep has gone astray, it's lost. And it becomes a matter of great urgency that they get restored to the flock because they don't have a keen sense of smell. Left to themselves, they'll eat poisonous weeds or drink polluted water and they'll die. Furthermore, they're defenseless. I mean, tigers have claws and bears can crush you and mules will kick you and snakes will strike, but sheep are defenseless. So it becomes a matter of urgency for the sheep to be found by the shepherd. The last thing a shepherd does before he goes to sleep at night is he counts the sheep. He calls them by name and if one is missing, he will secure the flock and then go find the lost sheep. Because it's the shepherd's job not only to restore the cast sheep to their feet, but to restore the lost sheep to the flock. See, when you're on your back spiritually or you've wandered away from the flock, if you belong to the shepherd, he will come to you. He will come for you. He will lift you to those places of restoration. You know, it's interesting in our world, we can restore a lot of things, right? I mean, we restore antiques and clocks and we restore cars and we restore paintings. But it's only God that restores the soul. And man has discovered a lot of remedies for the sick body, but only God can restore the sick soul. There's only one remedy for guilt or for grief, and that is the grace of the Good Shepherd. See, when we fall, God restores us. The second truth here is when we falter, God leads us to the paths of righteousness. Listen to this verse again. He restores my soul. He guides me in the paths of righteousness for His name's sake. He guides me in the path of righteousness for His name's sake. The good shepherd not only feeds the flock, he leads the flock. He not only provides for the flock, he guides the flock. He protects them, he directs them, and he leads us to the paths of righteousness. That literally says the right path. You see, sheep, they have extremely poor vision. Most sheep can only see about 10 yards away. That's why they tend to wander off. If you remember in Isaiah 53, it says, all we like sheep have gone astray. See, when sheep don't follow the shepherd, they get off on the wrong path. Now, the Palestinian shepherd, he was a master at reading tracks. In the Palestinian desert, there were many marks, many paths that crisscross, and some were made by wild beasts and others made by robbers lying in wait. But to a sheep, every path looked the same. Sheep don't realize that one path could lead to wild animals or, or this path could lead to falling off a cliff. Proverbs 14.12 says, There's a way that seems right to a man, but its end is the way of death. You see, the good shepherd always leads his sheep on a path to green grass and still waters. Again, it says, he leads us to the right paths. A shepherd never guides his sheep to destruction. He never guides them to polluted waters or poisonous grass. He never guides them into fields where food and water are not available. And the great news is he does this every day. 
time. He never makes a bad decision, never makes a mistake. He will always guide us to the path that is right. And what a great path it is. Proverbs 4.18, the path of the just is like the shining sun that shines ever brighter unto the perfect day. Think about it. The path that God will guide you on is the path of no more darkness, of no danger, of no disappointment. Proverbs 12.28, in the way of righteousness is life, and in its pathway there is no death. Even though sheep have poor eyesight, they don't really have to see. As long as they're following the shepherd, as long as they're staying in his path. In one sense, every one of us have bad eyesight. Right? Not in the physical sense, but spiritually. Because even with the best eyesight in the world, there's one thing we cannot see. We cannot see the future. So how do we face the unknown future? Corey Tin Boone made one of the greatest statements I've ever heard. She said, never be afraid to trust a future you don't know to a God that you do know. The occasion was a Christmas Eve address to the British Commonwealth delivered by King George VI. It was his closing address during those difficult days for Great Britain just as World War II was ended. As he spoke that night, the nation was unaware that he was dying of cancer. And these were the last words he said. I said to the great man at the gate of the year, get me a light that I may walk safely into the unknown. And he said to me, go out into the darkness and put your hand in the hand of God and it shall be to you better than the light, safer than the known. See, understand, as long as the sheep can see the shepherd and stay close to the shepherd, they don't have to worry about the future because they are safe. But the shepherd can only lead the sheep if the sheep are looking at him, if they are listening to him. Right? Sheep can't follow a shepherd they don't see. They can't listen to a shepherd they don't hear. We need to stay close to the good shepherd. We need to listen to him. You know, right now in this room, there are these invisible television waves inundating the building. You, you can't see them. You can't feel them. And the reason is you don't have the proper receptacle. You don't have something that can interpret the signal, intercept the signal. See, to receive God's signal, to be led in his paths of righteousness, to be lifted to the place of restoration, we have to be prepared to receive his signal. And we do that on a daily basis in three ways. First, we ask him to give us wisdom. James 1.5, if any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God who gives to us all liberally without reproach, and it will be given to him. Ask God to give you the wisdom to make wise decisions and to correct the unwise decisions. Then ask God to guide your walk. Isaiah 30, 21 says, Your ears shall hear a word behind you, saying, This is the way, walk in it, when you turn to the right hand or whenever you turn to the left. That verse is referring not only to God telling you which way to go, but also which way not to go. You'll hear that voice when you're about to make the wrong turn that says, No, this is the way, walk in it. Because it's always better to ask God to direct your path than to correct your mistakes. 
And finally, ask God to guard your ways. Psalms 139.23 Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my anxieties and see if there are any anxieties in me and lead me in the way everlasting. There was a mother in California told about the day her three-year-old son was literally on her heels wherever she went throughout the house. She had trouble doing her household routine chores because her little son would walk right behind her. Whenever she would stop to do something and turn around, she tripped over the boy. Several times she suggested, let's do some other fun activities to occupy him, but he would just smile and say, that's all right, Mom. I'd rather be in here with you. She said he followed her for hours until her patience wore thin. And she said, son, why do you keep following me so closely? And he said, because, Mom, my Sunday school teacher told me to walk in Jesus' footsteps. But I can't see him, so I'm walking in yours. See, do you know why the shepherd leads us? It's for his name's sake. That his name might be glorified. Do you know why we ought to make sure that we are in the paths of righteousness? It's for His name's sake that we might bring glory and honor to Him. The shepherd has one job. Lead the sheep. And the sheep have one job. Follow the shepherd. And we do it all for the glory of His name, knowing His way is the right way. So let me ask you as we close, are you following the shepherd? Have you asked Jesus to be your Savior, to follow him daily? Or do you need to do that today? And if that's what you need, I invite you to come. Come up after service and talk with me. Stop by the church this week and talk with me, but don't let another week go by as sheep lost and alone. Surrender to the Master. Pray with me. God, we thank you. We thank you for the promise that you will restore us when we fall. We thank you for the promise that you will lead us down the right path. We thank you most of all that you are our shepherd, always protecting us. So Lord, help us today. Help us this week to stay close to you, to follow you wherever you lead us because we know that your path is always true. We pray this in Christ's name. Amen.